Welcome to Demystifying Energy Solutions, a series of podcasts where we talk to various experts in the field about South Africa's current energy crisis and what on earth people can do about it. How do you how do you cope when you have no power? How do you replace the inefficient service from ESCOM with something a bit more efficient? Joining me, we have the executive chairman of the Impact Group, Chris Hart. Hi, Chris. Good morning. Good morning, and thanks thanks for taking the time to help to demystify energy solutions. That's what we're all about today. First of all, just give us a little bit of background. How do you see the energy crisis in South Africa? What caused it, and where are we? How bad is it? Well, I think this is something that's been almost two decades in the making. Right. We we can't even say it was when Zuma started. It was actually started already in the Mbeki years, um, where the Eskom business model changed, uh, and uh, this effectively it was put on a profit now rather than a uh, a solution for the long term. Uh, so Eskom is in a terminal decline, and we've seen this with a number of state-owned enterprises. Uh, SAA, the post office, you know, being the more recent um, demise, Eskom really looks like it's in the same terminal decline. That's going to be very difficult to to get out, and from a debt point of view, is going to be a huge problem to um, you know to re- really get out of. It's going to be the national taxpayers' problem uh, eventually, but. We could deal with stage one and two load shedding occasionally, which is what happened. Load shedding for listeners outside South Africa, that's the jargon they use to try to make rolling blackouts sound less horrible. Exactly. It's rolling blackouts, which we call stage one, two, three, and etc. So when it's occasionally stage one and two, you could say it's a... Uh, it's an occasional nuisance that you sort of get through and joke about and that type of thing. But when you start getting to the stage six load shedding, which is what we've got, and stage six load shedding is really just an indication of how much power is not available for the system. So, okay, and, and stage six load shedding basically means a couple of times a day, the average electricity consumer will have four hours of no power. Four hours of no power, possibly twice, uh, twice a day, or certainly in a twenty-four hour cycle, even more. In other words, it's almost a third of the time that you you, you uh, don't necessarily have power. From a domestic point of view, you can literally leave home in the dark and arrive back from work in the dark, uh, which is a a massive impact on one's uh, standard of living and aggravation in terms of just reverting back you know into the stone age we we had a joke with zimbabwe what did they use bef- uh, before candles and matches and the answer is electricity <laughs> right. and and we sort of like the joke is boomeranging on us because again we're back to candles and matches okay but, but surely chris this you but, know this is this is going to get better it's going to get better in a few weeks no. and we'll we'll get proper power service again the the, the problem is it's not getting better because um, the actual uh, power stations have been so run down and there haven't been replacements in the, or there haven't been adequate replacements for those uh, what we call aging power stations and the age has really been uh, exacerbated by the 
lack of maintenance. So it's it's really a more lack of maintenance than than age than anything else. And the new power stations have got design flaws that'll never ever uh, they'll, they'll never produce electricity that they than they need, and they haven't built enough new power stations to replace what's happening in the old. So it's it's really a, a, a structural systemic um, reduction in. In, in available power and this is not going away in fact it's getting worse okay chris so we've got this problem you're not getting enough electricity for your business you're not getting enough for your home life is miserable what's plan b because plan a right. getting it from escom just doesn't seem to be reliable so plan from an official point of view you've got uh, municipalities um, that are looking at alternative suppliers to Eskom and they're looking at so large solar farms you know potentially uh, out, outside um, you know in their location for instance uh, whether it's Cape Town or, or Joburg um, that's one plan and then obviously there's more micro solution to specific uh, businesses um, or, or, or households where one gets a solar installation and the emphasis has been on solar installations, but there are various other installations. The original plan for load shedding was put a generator in, right? You put a generator in and when load shedding kicks, the generator kicks in and covers you for that particular period and it consumes diesel. Uh, the cost of diesel has is, is gone sky high and the actual generator solution is no longer viable because it's, uh, I, th I think I've been told it's something like three times the power, the, the cost of what even Eskim is supplying at the moment. Okay, and it's so, noisy and it stinks. It's noisy. I, I call it the Eskim orchestra because when you get the blackouts, you hear the different generators humming around uh, with their various tones. Uh, you know the, the the big ones, the small ones, etc. Et and I think in in Santon, uh, we joke that when load shedding hits, you even start your lawnmower if you don't have a generator, so that you don't have your neighbours thinking you couldn't afford a generator, for instance. But the generator is too costly, and it's not viable as a base load. It's really meant to bridge a short gap. It's not these generators were never meant to be running 24 hours, uh, you know, over extended periods of time. So even uh, institutions that have got uh, sufficiently powerful generators are finding that their, their backup is taking strain and starting to, to, to give problems because of the maintenance required. But it's the cost of running it that, that is not a solution. So one is then looking at alternative energy solutions. And those energy solutions cost money and it's the reason why in a sense that while we're in stage one and two it's almost like you know the titanic sinking but you know it's still on a level playing the orchestra is still giving you beautiful tunes beautiful tunes uh you know just stopping occasionally and that kind of thing uh but now uh, when you start to get uh you know stage five and six that that run for a whole week or two weeks before you get get, get any relief um 
we're now starting to say a knee-jerk reaction where people say from a strategic point of view, I just have to have a solar solution or whatever. Okay, well, in, in, in future discussions, we, we may go into a lot of detail on solar. Yes. But initially, I, I, I saw a figure this week of the cost of a solar installation for a home is roughly 170,000 rand. Yes. A lot of banks, a lot of other lenders are getting into the into this, they're waking up that there is there is a business to be made out of helping people. Um, what do you do? Well, well, the point the point is that that is a lot of debt burden to take on, and and we've looked at this and said we can actually do it differently, where people don't have to take the debt burden on. Uh, they can get the actual system on a, a rental type of thing. It's, it's almost like when TVs first came out. I, I still remember that. I'm, I'm still of the age that when TVs first came out. And they were too expensive for people to buy. So you have this company called Telljoy that came out and they rented TVs. Uh, and, and a lot of people took, took up that option, etc. And And solar may well be a solution like that where you rent the equipment and it gives you an offset off your electricity bill, but you don't get burdened with this enormous debt over a, a, a long period of time. They're, they're doing something similar with cars, aren't they? There's a move away from buying your car and financing it to a lease system. A lease system. And you said you've given the example of television. Um, is there, is there any reason why it wouldn't work for solar? I assume you well, think it does. Well, it does work for solar. It, in fact, works very well because when you take a business, let's say you're an entrepreneur, you would make your own business. You would want to use the money that you've got. The, the and it's, it's restrained resources. There's not unlimited resources in a business. You would want to use your balance sheet to back your own business. Right, so let's say you're a shop. You would want to use your balance sheet to put goods on the shelves, not solar on the roof. And so when you use a a, a, a rental type of option, right, you can, um, you can effectively keep your electricity costs as a cash flow item and not a balance sheet item. It's not the right place to be on your balance sheet. Right? So instead of making a monthly payment to ESCOM or your municipality, you make a monthly payment to whoever, to you, yes. who is helping to finance the service. Yes. However, how do you finance it? So it's not, so, so we, the, the financial solution is we, we put it on somebody's roof Right, they don't have to pay for it. They just have to pay the monthly electricity bill. So, so their their situation is pretty much where they get alleviated from the worst of the load shedding, um, and that's for a business or a, or a, a household. But it gives an opportunity at the other end to get this financed. How do you finance it? And there's basically three sources of financing. One. Of people's taxes. In other words, there's a tax incentive called Section 12B that we can actually access for both individuals and businesses. And the second is that you can use carbon finance. In other words, these solar installations gives an opportunity to raise money from carbon, the sale of carbon credits. And the third way you pay for it is, in fact, the cash flow that the system, that the rentals. Will, will actually provide. And it actually provides a very good investment for people who are just committing their taxes to do so because that's 
that's effectively the model. So taxpayers can contribute. In, instead of paying SARS, you pay it into solar investment. And the carbon finance tops that up and the, the, the residual balance gets sorted out by the, the actual cash flow. Okay, Chris, but it's complicated. It's horrible. It's scary. Can, can you make this feasible and understandable for either a household or a business that, that wants to go down this path because the alternative is darkness? Well, I think the first thing is, is if you're a taxpayer, look at this as an investment opportunity, is that you can convert your taxes into an investment. And it's really as simple as that. Instead of paying taxes, rather use that money to invest in solar. Right? You don't need to worry about your own thing. And this is the whole point about the, the model, is that taxpayers can help pay for solar on pe poor people's houses and businesses that don't have the cash flow or, at, or, or, um, or balance sheet, um, that you're making a contribution to them. Um, on the other side of this, you've got people who need the solar, so they get two things. They get supply security, in other words, alleviation from load shedding, but they also get relief from the price increases that Eskim is levering, leveraging. So we call it price security as well as supply security. So they get a double advantage of actually taking it, which somebody else is paying for the capital cost and they just have to keep going on with the electricity. And so what we've, in that space, we've also then enabled poorer households to access it and businesses that are struggling. And there's a lot of businesses. Let's say, for instance, there's a, a bed and breakfast. In the tourism industry, they were hit by COVID, so they don't have the balance sheet. They're already on the margin. And they can't attract guests because the, the guests are asking, do you have uh, electricity during during COVID? So, so we during power cuts, yeah. Yeah, so, so during power cuts. Um, and so we can give them the electricity solution and we can give them the full bespoke solution right up front because a lot of people are saying, well, let me do a little bit now, and I'll add to it next year, and I'll add a little bit for to next year. We can get the full fit-for-purpose system in place, uh, depending on, uh, and, and it would rely on the cash flow that, that they're paying. Okay, th th this all sounds wonderful, but does it work? Have you done it? Have you proved that your model is actually viable? So we, we have proved that it's worked. We've already got... Um, almost 200 million rands worth of installations of investment that we've got uh, in in the space and uh, we're and that's only from a really r relatively recent start and um, we can um, th there's no limit to to what what can actually be done right it depends on uh, the financing from the institutions but this particular model reduces the risk to the financial institutions a lot of the problem is that because of load shedding people have run headlong into just give me a solution tomorrow I don't care what it costs type of thing we now say well, you can care what it costs it doesn't have to cost you anything we can actually do it on this kind of basis effectively it's revenue um, that uh, Eskin should be getting if they supplied the electricity, but now they're not supplying the electricity. So that 
lost business opportunities really shifting back to the private sector, as it were. And is there, is there anyone who, who shouldn't bother, who, who is not going to be eligible, who, who no, just has to put up with it? I think, I think basically it's going to be uh, your informal households. You need households that have got a, a proper formal structure that in other words where there's security of the equipment that you can do because of of the the risk of theft of the equipment needs to be mitigated but to a large extent there is no um there's no real limit to to the business or the the household as, as long as the equipment can be secured from a security point of view okay so how do people move forward how do they get in touch with you um is is, is it easy are you going to be able to speak plain non-technical <laughs> english or whatever language somebody approaches you in yeah. and, and 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 guide them a little bit of hand-holding because this is this is daunting look, look the 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 uh, financial solution, as we call it, is um, there, there is complexity to it, and so uh, one has to actually take the investor side of it and understand that fully, and then one also has to understand the customer side of it, who, who actually needs the system. So it's two two separate uh, two separate conversations and two separate sets of contracts that need to be signed to actually evaluate it. But I think it's important to understand that people who are paying taxes can invest and they can invest several years. They don't need to just worry about their own installation. And then uh, people who who really are battling to to raise finance or whatever for their their installation can also approach us um, for a solution. And it's then... uh, we emphasize it's not the same. It, it's um, it, it, it's not just the preserve of the wealthy. It's really it's unlocking it for for all all sectors of society. And are you the best people to come to? Uh, we do believe we're the best people just from a financial solution. Remember, anybody who's already contracted with somebody to to put an installation in. Uh, we, we're happy to use those ins- installers. We will do due diligence on them. Um, and if they don't have an installer, we, we have a, a panel of installers that we can actually call on to, uh, to quote for the, uh, for the installation. Um, but certainly we're looking for a quality installation that's going to actually last a long period of time. Well, I think we've seen the light and it's not coming from ESCOM. Thank you very much indeed to the executive chairman of uh, the Impact Group, Chris Hart. That was demystifying energy solutions.